The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Well, Action Aid and Wits University, well, Action Aid rather, and Wits University are launching a report in the last week, looking at trying to understand the role and the participation of women in artisanal mining, and really also the circumstance that many of these women are facing, not only in their homes, many of them being the sole breadwinners, but also the conditions under which they work. Sfiso Dladla is Mining and Extractives Lead at Action Aid South Africa. He joins us on the line. Sfiso, good morning to you. Good morning to you, Lisa. Hello, Sfiso. Just, just good morning again, struggling to hear you a little bit. Um, good morning, Kathy. I hope I'm clear now. Yes, much better. Thank you so much. Good morning much. and good morning to your listeners. Thanks for making time for us, Sfiso. And later we'll also hear from Eugenia van Royen, um, who is an artisanal miner in Stilfontein. Eugenia, good morning. Good morning, Kathy, and your viewers. And thank you so much for, for making time for us, Eugenia, and, and for agreeing to be part of this conversation. Sfiso, set the context for us. Why this report? Um, thank you, Kathy. So this report um, is um, a, an opportunity for us to strategically advise government because last year in March, government published an artisanal mining um, policy um, which talks about, when you, look, when you read it, it talks about government trying to imbalance and trying to, to, to address the imbalances of the past. And what we've seen is that women have never benefited as much as their male counterparts in in, 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 in mining in general. So with artisanal mining, and we've seen uh, through different researches that the the workforce is growing and, and, and women are a bigger, bigger percentage in this. So um, with the policy that was published last year, it does say that women, it does recognize that women have not benefited, but it does not say how will this be addressed. So we had to um, partner with Bet University School of Mining to look into the role and participation of women in, uh, in artisanal mining in South Africa. Of course, often when we talk about artisanal miners uh, in this country, all we see are, are images of men. We, we never see images of of women who are part of this industry, as in who are not working around um, some of the economies that tend to develop around the industry. So whether it's women selling food, women selling clothes, uh, and all sorts of other uh, needs of, of these miners, it's often men that, 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 that are depicted as being the artisanal miners. Yeah, that's so true. Um, hence, we had to go to different uh, areas. We went to Kimberley in the Northern Cape. We went to Begasford in in Limpopo. We went to Stillport in um, in, in in Northwest, and then we went to Empumalanga in Emelo. So this also set the context because more often than not, um, the trade is fashioned as diabolical, and government ensures that um, they, tra- they, they, they 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 intercept. Um, legally uh, 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 these trades. So, uh, as we know, uh, Kathy, history in South Africa tells us that the face of poverty has always been a black woman. And uh, we had to ensure that we create opportunities because if you look into um, the report states that um, um, 70% of the people that we spoke to did declare or state that they have 
uh, intermediate schooling, which also gives them less of opportunities uh, in mining. So mining in general has never been lenient to women in terms of employment and beneficiation and everything. Kathy, if I may ask you, how many female CEOs of mining companies do you know of? I think it's only one. You see. Oh, but maybe, maybe two. Um, there are they two, two names that, that come to mind, but the fact that I can't think of, of, of more than that is, is the point. Yes, that's the point. So, so now, um, like you said uh, in your introduction, that when you see uh, Zamazamas on TV or wherever, and when you think of a Zamazama, you think of a male, uh, in most cases, perceived to be a foreigner. So with this, we wanted to go into ground and find out that we, and put the face uh, behind people. Hence, we have uh, Comrade Eugenie today. All right. At least that provides a context for us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll find out then what um, Eugenia's experience has been as an artisanal miner, but also then how that interacts with the report and some of their findings. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We continue the conversation on the talking point and uh, for this hour we're looking at the understanding the role and the participation in particular of of, of women in artisanal mining and Eugenia van Royen is um, one such woman she has been an artisanal miner uh, in Stillfontein. Eugenia tell us a little bit about how you got involved in mining. Um, how I got involved is through due to unemployment. Unsolventing mm. um, where I'm staying, um, it's a mining area. Since due to unemployment, it, it's a mining area. I've got three kids those who are depending on me. And we we have, since we are a group of men and women who has... Um, who want to operate under a legal law under a legal law and pay tax. We've organized ourselves um as a cooperative and um, I belong to an association called National Association of Artisanal Miners. Mm. The National Association of Artisanal Miners um it's um an organize a national association that is working, it's a national association that advocates for women in artisanal mining. And it helps us a lot so we cannot fear from what's happening in the sector because there's this gang terrorism, uh, there's lots of killing happening. So the association helps us as women also to come out in numbers so we cannot fear. So, 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 Eugenia. Then, 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 what do you do? Again, it's important that you're highlighting the fact that the space is male-dominated. We now have organized crime syndicates that are operating, you know, um, out of abandoned mines that are very much, you know, the driving force behind um, behind Zamazamas, who we're told are going underground armed, very dangerous. So, so it's, it's a very um, vulnerable position that women find themselves in. Yes. Um, 
we as um, artisanal miners, it's two different spaces. The space of um, artisanal mining is underground and it's surface. Hmm. So on surface, we are working on on rock, rock dams as uh, uh, Eugenia and with with my cooperative and artisanal, the National Association of Artisanal Miners. So we're not going underground because I, we know exactly um, our health comes first, and it's we need to be safe. On the, on on the surface where we are working, um, it's they, on the surface where we are working. Um, they see us day by day. It's not a d- dangerous as such, but the danger, the fear that we are fe- facing, it's police brutality, security, and mind security from the mind who doesn't want to work with us as we want to work in a legal way as mm. the police. And the, the people with bal- bal- balaclavas and blankets. So we would like the government to assist us in working with all the stakeholders, so we can legalize and um, let this thing end of um, this gangsterism that is taking place. So, Eugenia, from 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 just the 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 work that you're doing, um, you know, above the surface, as 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 you're describing to us, are you able to to make enough of of a living, especially given the fact that there there would be a lot of you. Um, that, that are also trying to find um, some of the minerals that that you can. From the surface, it all depends on a productive uh, land. Mm. If the land is there, it's productive. Then I can make a living. Like where I'm staying right now, um, I think it was around last year when when here in, in Stolfontein, here at Margaret Village, when we found a very rich place, a very very rich place where we can uh, dump where we can make a living for for ourselves, for the community and so forth. So what what's happening right now? The harmony mine has taken our, our place instead of giving us the opportunity as an cooperative, we already formed, formed an cooperative to show the government that we really do want to work in a legal way, man. And we want to contribute uh, to uh, our government and also our community. So they have taken over our land right now at this moment as I'm talking to you. I'm no, I'm no longer uh, going with uh, that area. The harmony, the mind, the mind itself has taken uh, our that place of where we were working on, and it's very rich. Sviso, it's one of the difficulties that is facing artisanal miners, the fact that what they're doing is still, it is considered illegal by the state. And, you know, I, I hear what Eugenia is saying, but do you think that there's, there's a change in tone um, with concerns how artisanal mining is viewed in this country? Um, look, Kathy, um, I think one of the questions we should be asking ourselves is uh, where do the minerals that are expected by people like Abu Eugenia end up? You understand? Because um, for artisanal mining to be able to uh, carry on, um, it's because there's a market. And the government is not doing anything about the legality of following where the minerals go because they end up in the formal market. And it's much, much cheaper for uh, big corporates to get the minerals from 
Bezamazama. And uh, nobody who has never heard of a mining company that has been found guilty of having uh, 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 minerals from the so-called black market. But, uh, Kathy, this is what I want to bring your attention to, is that government has um, used so much resources. I remember a couple of years ago uh, in Parliament there was a joint sitting uh, from the police and the Depart- uh, 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 Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, um, stating how much uh, millions they've used in intercepting um, op- uh, uh, operations, Amazama operations in different areas. Now, carefully, what government is trying to do here is trying to change the frame, but the picture remains the same, that people are hungry, the economy is not creating uh, employment opportunities, and people cannot go to bed hungry when they're living close to mines. And they understand the mineral wealth. And now government is not doing anything to address that because everybody is losing from Atisma, uh, with Atisma mining. The Zamazamas themselves, they're losing because they're not getting the true value of what they should be getting. Uh, big mining companies are losing because Zamazamas are invading what they are permitted these large com- companies are permitted, permitted to be doing. Government is losing because of the revenue and as well as the whole value chain, everybody loses. But now, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, day in, day out, Amazamas are intercepted, Kathy. I remember the police, uh, provincial police commissioner of, uh, in, in Kauteng was saying during the time where there was a lot of reporting about Zamazamas uh, what, from, stemming from the incident that happened in, um, in Krugersdorf, saying that week in, week out, we intercept these operations, but the very next week, people are back there. Now, that's the question we should be addressing, and it's our duty as civil society right. to, to look at policy, to look at legislation and analyze it, so that it, um, it, it, we understand. Yes. We'll, con- we'll continue with you in a moment. It's time for the 11.30 news headlines. We, we continue the conversation on the talking point. You know, Sviso, I was listening to you, and, and I think that one of the, the difficulties that the conversation around um, legalization of artisanal mining currently faces is how criminal syndicates have moved into the space. So... While Eugenia and what she's saying represents um, what would have been traditionally um, the, the, the profile of somebody who is, is coming into the space, of course, um, a, a lot of those interests, those criminal interests, I think, have, have, have shifted um, the, the conversation and even the, the response to this conversation. Um, that's so true, um, Kathy. So what we uh, at NAM um, and as well as Mining Affected Communities United in Action have come up with is that all the criminal element of it, because it's a whole syndicate, you get people that are forced to come to the country, um, they then take away their identification, and then they are sent to work in these gangs, and then they are given arms so that they protect the territory. That's not we are talking, we are advocating for. Those are mineral, what we term mineral criminals, because if Zamazama is a person or a man or a woman who uses a pick and a shovel with no machinery to work not with an intention of enriching themselves, 
but with an intention of putting bread on the table. So those that you are talking, the criminal element to it has to be addressed by regulating the industry, formalizing the industry, and then you monitor the industry. It is not something that has not happened, uh, Kathy. Um, a couple of years ago, I think in 2018, uh, government for the first time issued a mining permit to our comrades, the Zamazamas, in uh, Kimberley. And after that, they were able to work properly. They were earning a decent living. They were contributing to taxes. But the problem was government did not do anything in terms of compliance, enforcement, and monitoring. It did not. It just issued the mining license as well as it's in coffee fountain and the free state. So now we're saying now it's time that government um, pays attention to this and the criminal element to it. And we are also part, we want to be part of finding a solution. And once the trade is decriminalized and people are able to work formally, then it will be all of us in the industry's duty to ensure that compliance is enforced and that we, we curb out um, the, the criminal element to it. Anonymous in Durban, good morning. Good morning, good morning, how are you? I'm well, Good thank morning you. to your listeners, yeah. You, you know, my main concern, I'm not a minor, an artisanal minor, but I'm just one person who watches this thing on TV and all that, and... Uh, it raises a lot of concerns for me as an African to say, you know, Africans are allowed to sit on top of their gold, to build on top of their gold, and, uh, you know, uh, to live on top of it, but they mustn't touch it. You know, we, we have the Anglo-American, we have them and them, you know, they come and pick up all this and go. And uh, when a black man starts to do that, uh, he's called a name that is Amazama, you know, and uh, you, you've got, you, you get this even in the politics. If an African stands up to fight for the rights of Africans, it's called a terrorist. Until such a time they win, Mandela was taken off the terrorist list recently, you know, because he was fighting for African people's rights. It looks like even our politics are sellouts. They are giving it a rubber stamp to say this is how we carry on. An African is an insignificant human being who should be classified close to an animal. And therefore, he doesn't have any right to whatever belongs to him, whatever God blessed him with. So for me, you know, this is a very painful issue. And for us, we are discussing as if, you know, these Zamazamas are certain animals that belong to a certain kingdom, and now they came in and they did this. I think we need to uh, restructure even the rhetoric so that we know we are referring to our brothers and sisters. All we need to do is to have politicians who are honest with themselves, who want to do this thing, and they legalize these things, give them a suitable permit. Obviously, they won't take everything underground. They'll take what is suitable for them and they'll carry on with their, their families as well. You know, that's, I think that's my point for today. Look, I suppose, Anonymous, one of the challenges is that yeah. with or without um, the, the government intervention that is being sought, this kind of mining continues, right? And, yeah. and so the government can't ignore the fact that it, it, it takes place or even that it has been taking place. There is a historical context, especially for a country like South Africa, yes. um, where, this form, where this form of trade has existed um, for, for decades on, on decades, you know. That's it. You see, when whites were coming in, they were called prospectors and that. They were given fancy names, but they were not doing this with their license. So I'm thinking, you know, it's probably, you know, our government needs to look at this in a proper way and start doing correctly for black people. This, to me, represents uh, a, a, a black people's self-hate. All right.
anonymous yeah. in Durban. Let's leave it there. Thank you. Um, all right, we'll, we'll leave it there with that particular um, conversation. Look, I know that the, the mining department, of course, is doing a lot of work um, on 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 taking a look at the issue of of artisanal mining, Eugenia. One of the questions that that Sfiso raised earlier, that that I think it will be important to get a perspective uh, from you about, is is what happens with what you collect. Uh, what do you what do you particularly trade in, uh, Eugenia? Um, we sell in a black market. We sell in black market whereby we can't disclose um, most of the, the, the people that we are selling to are Lesotho's, Shona's, and, and Shangans. So since, we've, we have, um, since we are illegal, the government has put in a, pol- a, pol- a policy being amended where we still tre- we were still treated as criminals, and there's nothing we can do. As the government, there is a policy that that is there that should help us, but now they 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 they, they, they we still stuck. They can't. The, the government they are they are dragging their feet, and in Kimberley, Kimberley they've been given a, a permit um, in, in 2017. So and there was no policy. So since there's a policy today, why can't they implement it right now? Because we know we can see what's happening. Like Swiso is saying, what's happening day to day. And as women, we want to work. We want to work for our families in a safe manner, where we can provide um, mostly. Um, in here, I mean, the sector since I've been four years here, there's also people who have worked 20 years, women who've been hiding, who are scared. So, right now, since we are under the umbrella of um, National Association of Artisanal Miners, they are coming out. We are, we are, we, 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 do, we do our own, um, we do our own work whereby uh, the men are also um, protecting us, whereby if we had to, since we are working in the bushes, if we had to go to the toilet and so on, there is no toilet where we can relieve ourselves as women in a dignified manner. And the men are protecting us when we are done working. They wait for us. We should finish our work so we can all go home together so they shouldn't hear tomorrow something happened to that woman. Mm. So, so, Eugenia, am I correct that you're mining gold? Yes, we are mining gold. Okay. Yeah, look, it's, 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 it's an incredible issue. Um, and Sfiso, when we talk about how this industry can be regulated, what do you think are some of the biggest hindrances um, on how the conversation has taken shape? Um, especially from the the point of view of of the Department of of Minerals and 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 Energy. <laughs> I think there's one. There's no political will uh, for it to be addressed. And secondly, I don't think the government is pro black uh, because if it was, this could have been addressed uh, so much. And I, secondly, I think it's the influence that the mining companies have on government. Because if uh, government was to say take a stand, for example, like the government of Botswana, we understand what is happening. They said they wanted to have 51% shares. It's a, it's, a, it's a standpoint of government. And so in South Africa, the government is not having that stand. And I think also history dictates 
how much um, uh, uh, power that these mining companies have on government and ensure that they, they what policy positions to take. Uh, Kathy, if you can look at the political funding um, uh, uh, declaration, you find a lot of mining companies have been giving money to the ANC, the DA, uh, and other parties. And the ANC's Chancellor House owns a mine in the Northern Cape, which is among these mines in the Northern Cape. So if government was to allow artisanal mining to be regulated, it means they would have to share the piece of, of the pie. But now that's not what they are willing to do. Um, they, not, they do not want to share. And the fact that, uh, Kathy, I think uh, two years ago when we launched a, a report on arti- understanding artisanal mining, um, one when we launched a report in a, in a media briefing uh, in Rosebank, one of the a very well-known journalists uh, kept asking, do we know which political par- uh, political figures um, are benefiting from, from, from artisanal mining. Um, uh, unfortunately, there's none that I know of. And uh, later on, I had uh, a, a conversation with someone who's in uh, national security explaining to me that uh, how the trade goes, the, the value chain. There are those who bring people, who bring people from outside. That's, that's what they get paid, paid for. There are those that mine, uh, that they pay for the for that. There are those that sell, they sell trade, and there are those that uh, process. Again, you see the value chain. There's so much in, into it, and there's a lot of money that is made. And, and I think that there are people within with political powers that are benefiting from artisanal mining yeah. when it's arranged the way it is. Hence, they do not want to formalize it, regulate it. Well, well, I guess. As speculative as as it may be, um, it, it can be a, a possible um, a explanation of of what uh, is is unfolding. But yeah, very very speculative indeed. Uh, I want to take this voice note and then we'll we'll go to Labohang in KZN before we wrap up this conversation. I once uh, tried my luck in this business, but because I knew nothing about golden mining. I end up with a worthless pile of artisanal debt. Oh, sounds like a difficult position to be in. I wish you'd given us a bit more. Yeah, it's not. The, it doesn't sound like the kind of thing you can just wake up and decide. I'm going to go into this today. Labrang in Kesedan. Good morning. Uh, morning, uh, Kefi. Uh, Kefi, I just wanted to say, I think we, we we have to be very careful, actually, especially when coming with, to, to this issue of artisanal mining. Uh, we must not be caught in a situation whereby we can't differentiate between artisanal mining and illegal illegal mining. I understand that like, the guys are crying about uh, the, the regulation or a of, uh, of or, or, or incorporating these uh, artisanal mine, m- miners. But now the problem is there's a thin line between illegal mining and artisanal, artisanal mining, considering that uh, all these minerals, they belong to the state. And, uh, hence the resident, and again, considering that mining is a very high-intensive uh, capital, uh, capital uh, industry. And uh, the country, as it is currently, is actually benefiting from the manner in, from the laws that we have in regulating uh, the mine. So what I wanted to say is we just have to draw a thin line. There's a thin line between artisanal mining and illegal mining, and we have yeah. to be careful about that. And, yes. and, and, and it's a very important point, which is why I keep going back to, to the distinction of, 
of what we know Zamazamas have come to character to be characterized by. You know, mm. the, the conversation around artisanal mining today is not what it was, let's say, in, in 2000, um, because yes, the situation yes. on the ground has evolved so much. Yes, yes. And, and, and again, remember, uh, uh, Casey, it, is not, it, it does not only, uh, we must not only look at it in terms of illegal gold mining. Uh, there, there are a whole lot of even uh, sand operations uh, that are actually, there are guys mining sand illegally, and these guys, they have their financial means, but they are not willing to, you know, to, to follow the right uh, processes because it's more cheaper to mine illegally uh, than to, to actually follow the right uh, processes and comply with all the relevant uh, legislation. So you find the guys who have money but not willing to, to, to follow the right process because of it costs a lot of money to do that. Yeah. Uh, then, yes. I hadn't thought about the sand. Um, it, it's, yes. it's an interesting dynamic that you're bringing uh, to this conversation. Thank you so much for that. Oh, okay. um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Uh, Sviso, let me wrap it up with you then. Yes, um, Kathy. I think, where do you think the future of this conversation um, needs to be? I think um, government should uh, open up um, uh, conversations um, with the policy when it was formulated. We were only consulted once as civil society that we were working in this space. I think um, um, it, it needs to really look at how much they're losing because it is said that a, a, a government loses close to a billion rand per annum uh, due to artisanal uh, uh, mining. So government must um, open up the space and bring everybody in the table because uh, they then have to um, advise parliament uh, that uh, parliament must formulate a, a, a law, a piece of legislation that formalizes and, and, and regulates the industry so that there's, uh, um, 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 uh, there's benefits from it. And also bring in people like the Council of Geosciences, you bring in uh, media, you bring in um, academia, you bring in civil society, and you bring uh, structures like the National Association of Artisanal Miners to say, look, this is where we are in terms of legislation, and <clears throat> this is the position we want to take. How do we then move forward? There? Because Thank you, Kit. <laughs> All right, so Apologies to cut you off there, but we're running out of time. Uh, Sviso Dladla, Mining and Extractives Lead at Action Aid South Africa, and Eugenia van Royen there, who is a, an artisanal miner in the area of Stillfontein. That's where we'll leave it for today on The Talking Point. Back with you again tomorrow between 9 o'clock and midday. It's time now for the book reading.